This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast and to talk about birds and for Bill to derail the podcast and talk about anything other than birds. That's why I'm here. All right. Uh, well, I'd say I'd like to dedicate this podcast to a Mr. Jason Hall on Twitter. Why's that? Dude, did you just rattle plastic? Crumple, crumple, crumple. No, it's a fire. It's We're sitting by a roaring fire. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. No, you, you cook bacon. You make bacon sound like a fire <laughs> cooking. And then you're just like, mm, I'm not going to do Foley work. We would have to be in our kitchen, like, cooking bacon. You just did food. accidental Foley work by picking up those that hot hand package yeah, there's, while there's we're so recording. Much, uh, and normally this, this the sound is so pristine here. You know... We're getting... Clatter, clatter, clatter. That's that's part of the charm of this podcast. Mm. That's what people tell us. Like, I can hear the clinking of the ice in the glass. Can't hear mine. Yeah, because I've gone all gin on me. I'm having a martini. Actually, no. no, actually, I'm sorry. I'm having a Gibson. That's great. So, we're actually getting college students that are studying podcasts offering to uh, produce... That's a our... cautionary tale? No, uh, to produce podcasts. Like, hey, you know, if we would like Ooh, take this... are we going to be extreme? Well, and some of them are like, I need to do this for a project. And some of them are like, you know, for like $5 an episode, we'll edit this for you. <laughs> and I'm half tempted to do it because I'm kind of curious. It's like, okay, for 5 bucks, I want to see what you do. And it's like, do they edit us down so we're like only 10 minutes long? And do they include like wacky oh, I, put, I hope they put in like record scratches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Does anybody actually know what a record, record <laughs> scratch is anymore? No, it still exists. It's still a thing. It's like, like uh, no, um, mixing is still, you know, like turntables are still a thing. So that's... That is a uh, a metaphor that still exists. I don't think don't touch that dial. I don't think that makes any sense anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, all these things, but no record scratch still makes sense. Okay. You can still mixing and scratching. Okay. That's okay. The, end of the game. All right. Well, anyway, Jason was having uh, a rough news day the other day, and he was like, "Hey, you need to podcast. I need something to listen to." Apparently, he thinks we're funny. Well, he thinks I'm funny. I'm sure. <laughs> You know what? I go out with more birders, and they laugh at me. I'm sure they do. I laugh at you constantly. <laughs> Difference is, I get in trouble for it. Speaking of laughing. <sighs> yes? Okay, so you remember the whole ivory build woodpecker thing several years ago when we were all excited? Well, I remember you were excited, yes. You were excited with me, too. Yes, of course I was. But... No, I, yes, yes, I recall that thing where you left for two weeks to go off into the Arkansas wilderness, and I didn't see you. Yeah, could, uh, yeah, that was, yes. in hindsight, that's one of the more dangerous right Christmas, yeah. surveys I've ever done, yeah. both in lack of communication and if something had happened to me in the middle of the day, there was really no way for no. me to communicate, hey, I broke my leg. Yeah. And, <laughs> and basically... So yes, I do remember the ivory bill thing. Yes, yes. The, whole, the whole thing with the no. deal. And then we didn't really get any conclusive audio visual footage whether it be an audio recording or photographs or video you know nothing out there substantial there there have been like some zabruder-esque films of something that could be an ivory bill but at the end of the day there's nothing that's really conclusive right well after that some people still kept searching for the ivory billed woodpecker good and one of them was someone who would show up online as fish crow and be like, no, this time I absolutely, I have the most conclusive thing. And you're looking at this and like, is that a bird in, in that video that you have there? And like these three second shots. And 
the few times you could make out it was a bird, at least the ones that I watched, it was like, that's 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 a red-headed woodpecker. That's yeah. that's not an ivory bill. So, you know, fish crow just kind of became a running joke. Well, recently there was an article in a prominent bird magazine, and it's like, hey, you know, ivory bill footage, maybe. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay... There's a journal report. Oh, there's some video footage that, wow, that really looks like a pileated or pileated woodpecker to me. And it's, okay, Michael Collins, Michael Collins. How do I know that? Oh, that's Fish Crow. So Fish Crow is still out there with his, you can look at this if you want. It is classic Fish Crow. It's like, okay, I can make out that that's a bird. But sure. if you link to the article, there's like stuffed ivory bills at a distance. Like, see, this is why it's clearly an ivory bill, not a pileated. Anyway, that guy's still going strong. Okay. Um, I'm just I, surprised that. Okay, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't have a reaction to this story. I, I like that someone is out there still. Like my big reaction. I'm to showing this, you the the gif right now. This means nothing to me. That's I'm not clearly a, a pileated. Okay, great. I believe you. I'm not saying I don't believe you, but I'm saying like my main takeaway from the time you were out there was you found holes that, as I recall at the time, were ivory built holes and like they no were ivory built esque. Ivory Bill esque, nothing else makes holes like that. Like, but you did not get, okay, that's, I, I don't have, all right, I'm glad that this person is out there and maybe one day that they will actually get definitive footage. I don't know. I, I think, I, I probably agree with your assessment that maybe there were one or two left and it's the end of the population. And because Well, I had, I had two theories. Yeah. It was that one that Tim and Bobby, Tim mm-hmm. Harrison, or no, Tim Gallagher and Bobby mm-hmm. Harrison, the people, the two guys mm-hmm. who found it, that, that, if they saw an ivory-billed woodpecker, that they saw a bird that was like 40 years old mm-hmm. and on its last legs. Or there was a population down there and there was a group of people who weren't thrilled at the mm. possibility of this wonderful duck hunting area right. being taken away and just took care of the population. Mm. I don't I, I don't know. But there's cert- it, it seemed to me that there's a lot of evidence down there that's really intriguing, but it wasn't necessarily fresh evidence. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of amazing birders that were down there, and I'm not just talking about myself, I'm talking about, like, even Sibley went down there. Right. The amount of bird technology that was down there and the amount of eyes and that there's no documentation of it. Well, they said the same thing about Bigfoot, and we know he exists. Why is Bigfoot male? Because he is. Did you not see him fighting the six million dollar man? <laughs> he had a beard. You know, you can't have Bigfoot without females. He was called Harry and the Hendersons. Harry is not a woman's name. Maybe they missexed him. <laughs> maybe that's it. You yes. know, maybe that's exactly. Every it. bird out there is a he that you know where <laughs> there's no sexual dimorphism. Maybe the ivory billed woodpecker was a guy dressed in an ivory billed woodpecker costume out running around to confuse people. Maybe or. Well, you know, there still might be some in Cuba. Why is there no episode of the Six Million Dollar Man where he fights an ivory billed woodpecker? Why don't you a make bionic, an, Why don't you make an episode? The bionic billed woodpecker. <laughs> you know what really needs to happen? We need a, an audiobook made of the ivory hunters about that ivory billed woodpecker oh, yes. mystery. Where yes. spoiler? They're poaching, yeah. They're trying to catch this ivory billed woodpecker, and the ivory billed woodpecker kills somebody. Maybe. God, that was a great book. All right, that's my that's the end of my reaction to that story. What else? What do y'all see got for me? Someone bought a bird army. No, I'm sorry. Somebody... Wait, whoa, no, sorry. What's this story? Why didn't you lead with that? Holy shit! What's going on here? Where are they? Oh, this reminds me that I didn't put a link up to the somebody recreated scenes from Birdemic with Legos. Mm. 
Excellent. You have an actual story for me, Yanni McYonerson? Sorry. Sorry. Jet lag just really hit. Sure. Um, for those who don't know, I just came back from a trip to Austria and a side trip to Liechtenstein. And boy, are your arms tired. It's just really funny. I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, let's podcast. We can totally do this. And we start podcasting. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, go to sleep now. You so, know, this is how I feel every time we podcast, right? Yeah. I've uh, No. So, how much have I told you about Austria? Uh, you've told me quite a bit, a lot of which you said I can't tell anyone else. Oh, well, we can't talk about that. Okay, yeah, well, fair enough. I'll I'll talk about that at another time, but that I'm not... (laughs) The reason why I went to Austria, I'm not allowed to talk about. Sure. But some of the side stuff that happened in Austria. So, I'm in Austria with... Oh, I don't think you want to talk about that at all. (laughs) About... The stuff you specifically told me not to... (laughs) No, I'm not going to... There was stuff you signed a contract not to talk about and stuff that you told me not to talk about. Oh, well, no. We'll talk about the stuff I told you not to talk about. (laughs) So... (laughs) So I'm there with Jesse Berry, program manager for... turning into one of those old 1940s social... A Mr. M... Dot, dot, underline, underline, underline. I just gave an actual name. a certain club. I just gave an actual name. So Jesse Berry, who is program manager for Merlin, which is a really cool app, which will identify birds for you if she was there. And Chris Wood was there. They happen to be married. Uh, And he also works for eBird. No, I just think, like, you know, they do a lot of important work, and I don't want it to be like they're married and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like us, you know. Their marriage is superfluous. They just happen to be married. Oh, I'd agree with that. Our marriage is very superfluous. Yeah, I know. The longer we're married, the more superfluous it gets. But... We we had an extra day there, and so a couple of us, like Corey Finger of 10,000 Birds a Night, we had a couple goals. Like, Corey and I had not seen Wall Creeper. Actually, quite a few people in our group had not seen Wall Creeper, which is, mm-hmm. if you don't know what a Wall Creeper is... It's the Austrian name for Spider-Man. Spider-Bird. So you decide to go to the movies. No. Oh. If, if you've ever looked into a European field guide, you've seen this kind of nuthatch-looking bird that's very silvery and has magenta wings. And you're like, oh, I'd like to see that. Okay. So I've tried to see it several times, and I've dipped. And so we were going to go for it again. And the guide that we had uh, was like, oh, there's, there's this Austrian castle we can go to where there's one wintering. So we essentially went to a castle in Austria and watched a bird creep mm-hmm. up the sides and eat spiders out of it. But then Jesse and Which is the royalty Chris group. were like, you know, we're really close to Liechtenstein, and there aren't a lot of eBird lists for Liechtenstein. We could go over there and be like the eBird kings for that country. Corey and I were like, okay, as long as we get Wall Creeper, I'm on board. So we got Wall Creeper knocked sure. out right out of the bat. And then we talked our guide into taking us into Liechtenstein. <laughs> Okay. Which is this tiny little principality. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess, like, the main thing that happens there is banking. I'm pretty oh, sure. sure the Swiss just kind of, like, keep it to... Oh, yeah. No, there's a ton of countries. It's like, that's, you know, one of the things that happens in Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, this is just a little banking country. Mm-hmm. But we're driving through there, and there's not a sad car in the tiny little principality. You know, you're passing Audis and, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, BMWs. And so we go to this uh, ski resort... To get all these alpine species. And I think every species we saw, I've seen in Austria, maybe Sweden, but I think I kind of just want to say, just ignore that I got alpine accentor in Austria and just say, oh yeah, I got my alpine accentor in Liechtenstein, because that just sounds like so much more fun. All right. So yeah, we just took a side trip and we asked our guide, it was like, is this the weirdest thing someone has ever asked you to do? Is like, please take us to Liechtenstein. And he's like, it's weird because we could get all these birds in Austria and no one ever asks me to go. But here's the thing. 
when you go visit the EU, you mm-hmm. can't get passports stamps like you used to. No, that's the whole point of the EU. Yeah, like once you get in there, you can just like meander around to different countries. Right. You don't have to, and it's like yeah, but, that's the point. Yeah, but and if you're like, will you, will you, will you stamp my passport? Like that, that is just begging to be searched detained detained yeah yeah when i went to hong kong they actually had a sign up that's like because they'll give you like a little piece of paper that you have to give them back when you leave the country there's actually a sign up says we will not give you a stamp it's like don't even ask well and i found another reason to love ebird and it's kind of making me more of a lister and i was complaining to jesse and chris about this i was like this is the new passport because Mm -hmm. i'm not going to get a passport stamp for Liechtenstein. and when we left Liechtenstein, we went through switzerland so these are both two new countries for me and it's like i'm not going to have the passport stamp for this but i'm going to have the ebird list for it so i can go to my ebird profile now and i'm just like look those countries are colored in and i'm in the top 10 for Liechtenstein for turning in (laughs) well technically chris is and he's copying me on on these lists and it's like is there an airport in Liechtenstein? can you actually like fly in i don't i eu country well here's the Thing. I imagine you have to be able to. When we were standing on top of uh, one of the mountain peaks and looking sure. down, and our guide is like, okay, you see that peak right there, and then this peak mm-hmm. over here, that's the entirety of Liechtenstein. It takes like it takes like 45 minutes to cross the entire principality. Yeah. I don't think there's an airport. I didn't see an airport, and I certainly didn't see planes flying close enough. Okay. So you probably just fly into Switzerland it's, or it's, Austria. You know, yeah, it's... Well, that's a whole different discussion that I won't get into. That's fascinating. So you are the, are you currently the eBird king of, of Liechtenstein? Well, Chris hasn't copied me on the list yet, but he assured okay. me at the time that we were in the top 10 for most Good. number of lists in Liechtenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and then like when our guide was uh, like, hey, FYI guys, we're in Switzerland really... now. Everybody was like, and it's getting dusk. And we're all just like staring out the window. And I thought... How the hell am I going to compete with, like, we have Jeff Gordon from the my, ABA. My know? dream, and please, if you live in, in Lichtenstein or Austria or or, uh, or Switzerland, it, I really hope that you guys provided a a small piece of filler news for some journalist in Lichtenstein as they're, like, writing up the news. <laughs> like, Americans invade Lichtenstein. American birders invade Lichtenstein. <laughs> <laughs> but I, national scandal oh it was just i i i love that section of europe so much mm. i will go to austria if i feel about austria the way i feel about the rio grande valley mm. i absolutely love it i will go anytime you'll go there for tex-mex food and to have guacamole it's not tex-mex food. And... i actually emailed the place that i do birds and beers <laughs> at here in the twin cities it's a german restaurant called sure. the black forest inn and they're fantastic because they I basically say 30 to 50 birders are going to descend on your restaurant on this date. Is that okay? And and they're really nice about it and, and they accommodate us because mm-hmm. we're a crazy group. But I was like, can you guys make this soup that I had in Austria? And they told me, I'm like, we don't make that soup. We make something similar. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Okay, here, here here's the recipe. But no, Austrian food is great. Sure. One of the things, and I got to have this again and I was super excited, is the lard spread. Oh, that yes. was the translation, but it's basically yes, rendered yes. pig fat with chunks of bacon yeah. in it that you. Spread. Did you have the reindeer? Did you have the reindeer? In that it was too? in Sweden. Oh, okay. oh, and I was informed by uh, a Swiss reality or no Sweden Swede reality star that mm-hmm. that wasn't just meat in a tube. That was mm-hmm. meat and cheese in a tube. Oh, okay. So it doesn't make it any less weird. But I was telling him, I was like, no, I no. had reindeer in a tube in your country. He's like, we don't have reindeer in a tube. Yeah. And I showed him a picture. He's like, that's reindeer cheese. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was pink. One of the things, because I've 
I'm working as a cheesemonger now, and one of the things I love, like, people will come in and say, looking for Swiss cheese, and I have to say that, okay, what we as Americans think of as Swiss cheese is, is something specific called Emmentaler, and there, you know, Switzerland mm-hmm. has several different cheeses, so... Yeah, that's one of the the cheese. I know a cheese. I wish that you would get is this gray cheese that I've only ever had in Austria, and it's kind of gray in color. Sure, but the thing is, is it it gets this fungus that's kind of like lacy on the outside. Mm -hmm. It's very strong cheese. It's very good, but um, yeah, Austrian food. Austrian food's very different from the Rio Grande Valley, but I feel as strongly about visiting Austria. It's although unlike the Rio Grande Valley, it's kind of cheap to fly down there and stay. Oh sure. It's not necessarily cheap to fly to no, Austria a, and stay in Austria. It's, yeah, flying to a small airport in Texas is a little different than flying across the Atlantic Ocean to go to Austria. Well, and it's not even a direct flight either, because no. uh, on the way out, this was the short version. Mm-hmm. Was I went from here to Detroit to Amsterdam to Innsbruck, mm-hmm. and on the way back. Well, I ended up having to go to Friedrichstaufen Airport, to Frankfurt, oh, to Detroit, to back here. That was that was way longer than I anticipated. But, interesting. But no, Austria is so worth that. You get all these crazy alpine birds, and mm. you get all this crazy alpine food. And if you're thinking, Sharon, you just keep talking about food and, you know, all the bacon, like the large fat <laughs> thing, That's and, and this bacon soup that you like that sounds not my thing – there, there's, there's cheese dumpling soup, and there's also what was it, case spatzel? That was like one no. thing that we had one night. It was a vegetarian dinner of spatzel with some kind of like town cheese and beer and caramelized onions. All right, all right, Hannibal. What other bird news do you have for us? Um, besides like being, I, I I'm like some big cheese in Liechtenstein now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I want. Oh, what really started all of this? Okay, was someone brought a bird army on a flight. And everyone seems pretty chill about it. All right, yeah, I remember the bird army. Okay, get to that. So this was a picture that started showing up in my newsfeed, and everyone was asking me if it's photoshopped. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it is clearly an international flight. It's one of those planes where there's two seats on there's two seats on one aisle, and there's there's an aisle, and then there's you know four seats, and then sure. an aisle, and yep. then two seats. Yep. In several rows, there's about eighty falcons with hoods on them. <laughs> Okay. So so here's the picture. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I looked at that, and someone on Twitter was like, this Okay, is... going into this blind, let me just say, mm-hmm. uh, my first guest is uh, Saudi Arabia or some other country uh, in the Middle East where they have a lot of money, and falconry is a highly respected uh, art form and form of hunting. That's my first guest. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when someone sent it to me and I looked at it, I said, well... This looks like a Middle Eastern type thing. Yes. <laughs> this is probably like a, a United Emirates flight or something like hole. that. They have, yeah. Yeah, and and that is essentially what had happened is that uh, some a, a sheikh who has a lot of falcons, and oh, and this is something yeah. that happens if you fly in the Middle East. Yep. In the Middle East, falconry is huge. Oh yeah. And they have actually developed special falconry passports because there are a lot of wealthy people. Who bring their falcons sure. on board? They don't necessarily want to check them because that's not good for the birds. And sure. I mean, if you have a falconry bird, it is pampered. And if you're looking at this, you're like, these birds are all wearing hoods. That seems really cruel. When birds are traveling, yeah. No. If you and and this is based on me working mm-hmm. with the Raptor Center and having known several falconers uh, and worked with them. When when a bird can't see what's going on, it mm-hmm. stays calm. It assumes it's night. 
it assumes it's night. It doesn't move. So that way, if it feels things moving, mm-hmm. it's just going to be like, I'm going to like not move. So mm-hmm. that way, I don't bang into anything. Right. And so, like at the Raptor Center, instead of putting hoods on birds, we would put them in crates where Can they could see Can you imagine being on a flight of unhooded falcons? No, I can't. And and someone has a video on here of being on uh, a flight in the Middle East where you know there's there's mm-hmm. someone who has their falcon on there and the bird's freaking out a little bit right. and the, and the falconer is doing exactly what he should he's just like holding it up right. and letting the bird kind of like bait or uh-huh. AKA flap it out and then just kind of bringing it back down but I also like all the tarps that are over the seats because the birds are clearly going to be like, oh yeah shitting they're gonna be themselves. shitting everywhere yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least it's falcons so it's I have to imagine I have go to imagine... down it's not like an eagle where it's gonna shoot out about eight I have feet. to imagine that would be your dream flight like just seeing all these birds over there yeah i know i'm just like, like oh saker saker lanner saker saker i have to imagine like the falconer or falconers like the person who takes care of these birds is on the flight and then you would be able to talk to this person and like learn all about these I think birds that, yeah and, like, i think this is like one person and it's so what uh, here's my question uh, here's uh, where were the birds flying why were the birds going from a to b via airplane like why they were, were probably they... going to a falconry meet would be my guess oh, okay but because I remember, like, when you volunteered at the Raptor Center, there were, like, people, like, there were birds that were being brought over to be treated because they were, like, the prize bird of... Well, and there was at one point at the yeah. Raptor Center where we knew people who were flown to Bahrain mm-hmm. to take care of the Sheikh sure. of Bahrain's bird because so, the Raptor Center knew certain techniques that other people didn't I know. I find that interesting that they would transport the birds so far away that they had to be flown. And they're so. just going from one country to mm-hmm. another in the Middle East. It would be like going from now, Minnesota to Utah mm-hmm. for a falconry beat. Interesting. That right, because I I know that one of the we've talked about this before about if we moved internationally, our rabbit weed would be a problem because they have very sensitive ears. So I'm I'm and I'm sure they've figured this all out, like how the birds react to the change in pressure as they are. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why they're hooded, and you would yeah. definitely want them. Like if you could afford it, you would definitely want them to be in the pressurized mm-hmm. cabin as opposed to the holding area where it's cold and yeah oh yeah, yeah. No, it would have to be yeah i mean there's actually a very funny there's a um uh, a british uh radio show an audio show called cabin pressure um which uh you and everybody else should check out it has uh, benedict cumberbatch it's about a an airline that only has one plane um doodly 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 the reason i bring this up is one of the plots is they don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. and so they have an episode where they talk about like the pilot, the captain of the, the, the pilot, I'm sorry, the captain of the plane accidentally left the cabin heated, which costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, like, you would have to, it's just, it for this it makes sense. If I have to say, if I got on a plane and I was seated next to a Falcon, I would think that was an awesome flight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you were seated next to 80. Yeah. But, no, and actually, and I and also... I love the fact that they gave them all the middle seats. They didn't say, oh, the Falcons, it's going to want to look out the they, window. They're going to be hooded. <laughs> they're not going to care who's sitting next to them, you know. But... I would be taking so many photos where I would be, like, turning on, like, you know, the in-flight movie. is like, oh, here's this Falcon with the hood. Even the even the Falcon doesn't want to watch Twilight. It's put the hood on. Yeah, yeah, you would, you would do that. It's like, oh, Bridget Jones's baby. This Falcon says no. Yeah. But... But no, I would, I would do that. My, I would actually take my my mask, my eye mask, and put it over the hood of the falcon. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's when the shake would come after you probably, and be like, yeah, yeah I'd probably that get would in be, trouble with yeah, that. Yeah, you would definitely so, get yeah. in, in trouble with that. But here's something interesting after reading about this. There, So there's a falcon passport system in the Middle East because this happens so often. Do the falcons get stamps? Yeah, you get a special sure. passport for your falcon. However, it was created in 2002. Mm-hmm. 
to help combat uh, poaching and smuggling of falcons. Oh, that's Because, I mean, well, in the Middle East, you know, you're going to use your stakers, you're going to mm-hmm. use the lantern falcons, that those are the falcons sure. that are there. But the falcons that are prized are, would be like the Arctic falcons, or the one that we sometimes mm-hmm. see here in the wintertime, the deer falcon. Right. Deer falcon is huge. Yep. It is a cinder block with, that is super fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are three different color morphs. There's the gray morph. Yep. There's a melanistic dark morph that's mm-hmm. almost black. And then there's the super prized white morph. Right. And here's the thing is that this is a bird that's used to very dry conditions, doesn't necessarily do well in heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still a black market for those. And and there, there are black markets for hybrids with peregrine lanterns and all this. So this passport system was uh, to try and prevent smuggling. So that way if someone's like, hey, I'm going to go on board with my uh, 80 Falcons here, pay no attention to this one that's like super light. It's just all part of my... So each bird has their own little passport. I just love that. Falcons in the Middle East have their own passport. That's great. Do American Falconers have that? Uh, American Falconers are going to drive with their birds. They're not going to put them on planes. Okay. Uh, number one. No, I mean like in international, like other than Saudi Arabia, like the Middle East, and like um, like European, like uh, the UK. They went. Do they travel to meets and things like that? They do travel to meets. I don't think they do it quite in the style. Well, you just okay. You just don't have the opportunity to book an air. Not every airline is going to let you book okay. all of it. It's not. It's not as big a thing as it is in in the Middle East. Mm. And also, in do the birds get frequent flyer miles? That I don't know. The shake certainly. Do does. you see the bird trundling through the airport with like a little suitcase behind it? Absolutely not. Someone's oh, going to be God. doing it for right. that bird. But the other thing is, in the U.S. and I would imagine it's the same in the U.K. Since falconry isn't as known, your bird number one probably mm. isn't going to travel on the plane, and number two, it's going to be in the cargo hold, and number three, mm. because birds are so light. Sometimes those those the luggage handlers who are unloading the birds don't That's always be know. A fat, like this, like and I'm not joking here. It's got to be a fact. Like, how do they? Like, what's the boarding process? I have to imagine they board first. Uh, like, they yeah, them, this like, is like my like this this thing needs boarding. extra help because they're not just. I mean, it's not like they're just loading these. It's not like a kid in a car seat. It's like they have to put these in there, mm-hmm. like these essentially free-lofted birds that are wearing hoods and they're, like, tied to the post and stuff. But this is going to take some time to do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that that's what they use their yeah. little catch boy to, sure. to to take care of. But, yeah. And, I mean, I'm looking at one of these pictures and there's, like, a piece of wood that the birds sure. are... And so when I first saw this, it was like, yeah, this looks like a legit thing, but why are the birds all on some flat... Do the birds thing? get a meal? Do they have, like, little tidbits that they get? Do they have, like... Oh, they're falconry birds, and they yeah, want them to supposed, hunt. Probably yeah. not too much. Yeah. You want to keep them hungry so they'll hunt. Sure. Anyway, falconry is fun. If you know a falconer, and if cool. a falconer ever says, hey, I'm going to go out hunting, you want to come with me? Go with them. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. What else you got for me? Hey, the Warbler Guide app, based on the Warbler Guide book. Okay. It's been available for iPhone, and now it's available for Android. Oh, good. This is a great app just for warblers. Wobblers. Wobblers. Uh, what's fun about it is they have uh, 3D illustrations of the birds. You can move around. Oh, to... sure. 
They also have this really helpful feature with the app where you get a blank bird with sections mm -hmm. and you can tap the section and then put in what color you noticed on that section. So like, I noticed the wings were olive. I noticed the belly was yellow. I noticed the face was gray. And then it'll come up with what the bird possibly was based mm -hmm. on that. So it's a really great app. The app is worth it. How much does it cost? Um, that's a really great question. But it costs money. You don't just get it for free. I don't know. I have, here's the thing with apps. I have lost track of what apps are free and what apps cost money for several reasons. Number one, I get a lot of apps to test. Mm -hmm. Number two, some apps started to cost money, like Audubon, mm -hmm. and then suddenly Audubon decided, hey, our apps are going to be free. Uh, and sometimes apps change price. I think this is one of the ones that you have to pay. This is from Princeton University? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on a second. Keep talking. I'm going to look this up here for you. All me. right. Uh, the other reason, if you're going to buy this, the absolute best reason to buy it is because of the Black Pole Warbler migration map. Mm -hmm. It's pornographic. How so? It looks like a gigantic dick. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. I've, We've I've talked about this. this we have talked about this. Mm -hmm. It is epic. It is my favorite thing to whip out of parties. So to speak. Okay, so on iTunes, it is $12.99 for the Warbler Which, app. in the grand scheme of Bird no, ID apps, yeah. like if you look at your Sibley, which is like 20 bucks, mm -hmm. yep, That is extremely reasonable. Especially when you consider that you're getting 277 vocalizations, including songs, contact calls, and flight calls. You're getting 3D images. You're getting a comparison feature. Considering that the book is $22.76 on Amazon and you're getting additional functionality that you would not get. Yeah. I, I, the Warbler Guide is one of my favorite apps. Okay. Oh, hey. Good speaking of tech bit. birding, uh -huh. we should talk about good birders still don't wear white. Okay. Why should we talk about this? What is uh, it and why should we talk about this it? This is a book that's coming out. It's kind of a, I don't want to say sequel. It's a book that came out several years ago and it was a series of essays by prominent birders and it was all based on Sherry Williamson's research about birders wearing white around mm -hmm. trogans. And she was like, hey, you know what? Birds don't think white is a cool thing in oh, okay. in the southern U.S. And maybe you shouldn't wear white because not as many people are going to see the bird and maybe you're not going to see as many birds. I would think wearing white out while you're out in the wild would just be a bad idea. Because you're out in the dirt and the dust and everything. Um, in the case of these trogans, you know the trogans had a negative response. Birds... Okay. Birds don't don't understand white necessarily. True. Unless you're in Minnesota and you're a snowy owl. In Minnesota, sure. you can wear white all you want because there's snow and it, you're going to kind of blend in. But just saying that, hey, if you're going to be someplace where the vegetation is mostly green, maybe don't wear white. Okay. But other essays were in there too by other people about, you know, why you enjoy birding, what gets birding exciting. So it's been republished. Mm -hmm. And I have been asked to have an essay in here. So is this the same, is this additional material? or is It's this, new material. Okay. It's new material. So this book that we're talking about, Good Birders Still Don't Wear White, is all new material. It's new material. There might be some of the same, I shouldn't say might be, there are some of the same authors mm -hmm. uh, in the updated essays, but there are quite a few new people in here. And one of my favorite people in here is Jen Brumfeld, who okay. I would say is a street poet of birding. She makes birding really <laughs> exciting. So, uh, it's going to be available in mid-March. You can pre-order it now. I don't know. This doesn't sound like anything interesting. Like, I don't know any of these people. I don't think I would pick up this book ever at all. Even though your wife has an essay in it? What? You did not mention that at all. I thought I said that I have an essay. <laughs> <laughs> 
You do. I do have an essay you in it, and I do have to say. There. And what is the title of your essay? Tech birding. Oh, okay. Because we had a choice, and they had an idea of what they wanted me to write about, and yeah. and, and we kind of went back and forth, and they're like, "What are you most excited about?" And I said, "I'm really excited about where technology is going with birding." So okay. that's that's what it's about. But I mean, you have a little bit of everything from big years to conservation. Uh, Lily Taylor has a has an essay in here. I haven't read right. through everybody's stuff in here, but I feel like I'm among friends in here. Tom Stevenson, OMFG, uh, of the Warbler Guide, of which we were just talking about, he has something in here called Doorknobs, Bird Songs, and Remember Where You Put Your Car Keys. I love that Disney movie. Yeah. Angela Lansbury is amazing in that. Mari Reed has something in here about being a bird photographer. So it's a good mix of men, women. Uh, ooh, oh, OMFG, Carlos Bethencourt, uh, being a bird guide in Panama is the best job ever. Speaking of which, we need to nail down when we're going to Panama with okay. Carlos since you won that contest. Mm-hmm. But no, so it's a, it's a, and it, this is, I don't, <clears throat> I don't mean to sound crass, but this is a great book to have in the bathroom because the essays are short. <laughs> Excellent. It's something to read, whether you're in the tub or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's illustrated. Yes, it is. Boy, howdy, is it ever it illustrated. It is illustrated. The bird illustrations are adorable. My illustration, well, it's a caricature, and I think mm-hmm. anyone who's ever had a caricature done of no, themselves... No, I think it completely nails you. I think oh, if you ever run for me office... Me and my 80-year-old arms? Yeah, if you ever run for <laughs> office, that should be your official portrait that hangs uh, in the state capitol. Anyway... Um, the bird illustrations are great. My illustration is, is this what I really look like? <laughs> is this what I really look like? Because right. I thought I looked a lot different than that. All right. Do we have any other stories to talk about? Uh, oh. Damn it. There's a Kickstarter. Okay. And someone has a tarot deck, if you're into that sort of thing. Okay. And it is a bird-slash-nature-related tarot deck. Oh, good. But they're kind of doing that whole wood carving thing. Oh, Where you kind of, like, you know, make the wood carving, then you print it. Yeah, the wood cuts. Yeah, yeah. Edvard Monk did it. Mm -hmm. I liked Edvard Monk. Anyway, these are pretty cool. Uh, I was looking at her stuff, and you can support her Kickstarter. How much time is there left on the Kickstarter? How much time is there left on the Kickstarter? 25 days to go. Oh, okay, good. All right. And, uh, uh, oh, hey, here we go. The goal was seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. It's already close to the thirteen thousand. Oh, good. All right. So this is definitely something. This is something that's going to be funded. Uh, by yeah. the time I got this, I don't think it was that close to being funded. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool to see that that's happened. Great. Um, but no, the wood carving. If you're into woodcut art and you like birds, I would mm-hmm. I would check this out. There, I, I really like the tower print. I'm not into tarot. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. But I like tarot decks. I think they're mm-hmm. very pretty. And if you are into that stuff, then you're going to dig this. Cool. All right. Uh, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 218. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can contact her on Twitter. She is at Bird Chick. You can email her. She is Sharon at BirdChick.com. You can find her on the Faces book. Um, and that's it. Uh, if you're looking for any of the links, you can find them on BirdChick.com. And we'll be back later. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>